Praise God. Thank you, worship team. God bless you. So I've heard that Pastor Jordan did a wonderful job last Sunday. And uh, so we're thankful for that. And uh, so I took a few days and, and uh, went south and had some wonderful time there. Um, and got to thinking about some things. You know, whenever you by yourself in a car for 12 hours, you think. And I was just thinking, just thinking. We, we live in a culture today that spends, people spend a lot of money on pets. Dogs. Today, um, they're selling things that when I was growing up, we would call a mutt, a crossbreed, something that wasn't desired, something that if it happened, it was by accident. Today, they're doing it on purpose. And it seems like to me that you can just have any kind of dog and put poo on the end of it and get $5,000 out of it. Cockapoo. Labapoo. Labadoo. Just put you something on the end of it and say it's worth $10,000 and somebody be crazy enough to buy it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, that was awful quiet. Maybe somebody's done up in here spending <laughs> some money on a poo. People talk about how much money, and they, have you ever heard the saying or heard somebody say, well, all that preacher wants is my money, or all the church wants is my money. If you was to check that out, that's not really true because America last year spent more money on dog food then came in to all the American churches combined. Just something to think about. We love our poos. I took a few days, as I said, and hunted this uh, week with some of my friends. I went down to Mississippi, and, and uh, I've got some dogs. I've got, got some pretty good dogs, and and uh, I was told that uh, if you could back it up, it's not bragging. So I got some pretty good dogs. Uh, and I enjoy that. I enjoy squirrel hunting with my dogs. And, and uh, I know my dogs pretty good. But I have run with some guys uh, in the dogs that know my dogs better than I know my dogs. Because they keep up with all that bloodline. I... I have uh, had dogs long enough until I have learned what I like and what I don't like and what I enjoy and what I don't enjoy and uh, I have bred them accordingly to produce what I'm wanting out of them. 
Now, my buddies, they will, you know, I can tell you what my dogs are out of, and I can tell you their granddaddy and, and that kind of thing. But my buddies, they start rattling it off, and they say, you know, uh, she's out of Bo, and, and Bo's out of Maggie, and Maggie's out of Suzanne, and, and Suzanne's out of Jolene, and, you know, and, and they go back all these genealogies of all, all these dogs, and you know he was a grand champion and all of that. And, and like I said, I'm blessed with some good dogs. I, I really am. I, um, I have some of the best dogs in this state. Yeah, woo. Yeah. And like I said, if I couldn't back it up, it'd be bragging. But I ain't bragging. I've proved it. I've won West Virginia State Championship with my dogs. I've won the Virginia State Championship with my dogs. I've won fourth place in the world hunt with my dogs. I've got two super grand champion dogs. I'm not bragging. I got good dogs. <laughs> I know y'all don't care about that, but I just thought I'd tell you today. I got good dogs. <laughs> I'm not real concerned about what color they are. I'm not real concerned whether, you know, they have long legs, short legs, if they got skinny bodies, no ears, I don't care. But a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it is determined by the bloodline. And it got me thinking, some people know more about where their pets come from than they come from. Some people can tell you the genealogy of their pet, you know, great, great, great granddaddy was a super grand champion, but they don't even know who their granddaddy is. Why is that important to know where you came from? Because if you don't know where you came from, you can miss out on what's coming to you. You might be the last living relative of Bill Gates, but if you don't know it, you can be living broke, not knowing that you're a multi-billionaire. So I got to thinking about that and studying on horses because I don't know about horses. I know about dogs, but I don't know about horses. I don't even like horses. And I know you don't care about that either. But the thoroughbred, how did they come up thoroughbred? Well, they're thoroughly bred. Now, that's not the reason that they're named that, but they are thoroughly bred. Let me give you some uh, history here on thoroughbred horses. was established in 1793 in England. They took native mares to imported stallions from Arabian breed. And all modern thoroughbreds can be traced to their, their pedigree back to these three stallions that were imported from England in the 1700s. Now, if you're going to run in the Kentucky Derby, you cannot just show up at the Kentucky Derby. You need to prove that your horse has come from one of these three stallions. Every year, 
There are a hundred thousand colts registered and trace their bloodline all the way back to these three stallions from the 1700s. Someone is keeping up with that. Why? Because they think it is important to know who these horses are. It's not an accident that these horses are fast. They are purposely bred to be the fastest horses in the world. It can be very expensive to breed to one of these horses. Before breeding, owners often go back 50 to 60 generations. They will look at how long the stride of the horse is, the takeoff speed, the endurance, the length of the legs. And with all of this information, they will breed the perfect or what they desire to be the perfect colt. The thoroughbred is a blood horse. Those who have studied the bloodlines are known as blood agents, not horse traders. They don't deal in horse flesh. They deal in horse blood. The price of the horse is determined by the bloodline. The blood stock agents are not concerned with the color, the looks, or anything to do with the appearance of the horse. They are interested in the blood. And all that really matters is what's in your blood. When you buy a thoroughbred, you are investing in the bloodline. For example, if you'd so desire, you could take your mare to Stormcat, who is the most expensive stud fee ever in history, which you can breed to uh, Stormcat for a mere $500,000. So what do you get for a half a million dollars? For a half a million dollars, you can breed your mare to uh, Stormcat and be guaranteed a live colt standing. And what does that mean? As soon as that colt stands up on its feet and nurses that mare one time, the contract has been met and now you have a $500,000 investment. It doesn't matter how the colt turns out. It doesn't matter if the colt ever runs a race. In fact, they don't care if the colt dies. The reason that it is valuable is because of what is in the blood. Because you see, have you ever seen a colt born, a newborn colt? I mean, they are ugly. They have these long legs that are weak and wobbly. They fall down, they're fragile. Their vision is blurry, but it's not the but the bloodstock agent is not uh, putting his his trust or his investment in what the 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 colt looks like. He's putting his stock and investment in it because not because of his present weakness, because they know what is in the bloodline. They know that despite this present weakness, they know their potential that is inside of this colt that is frail, that is bleary-eyed, that is weak right now, but on the inside of him has the potential of being a world champion. They know that they have a long line of winners on the inside of this colt no matter what it looks like. 
he was this bloodstock agent was willing to give five hundred thousand dollars not on present achievement but he invested based upon past accomplishments this cult has no claim it has no credits it has no achievements. It's never won a race. His worth is in his heritage and his bloodline. I'm trying not to preach here. But I'm doing more than talking about a horse. In that wobbly little colt from Stormcat is a long line of winners. People who have achieved. People who have one our horses that have won there's a long line of champions these names mean nothing to you and i i could could have wrote them all down but i thought nobody would know what i'm talking about so there's it's worthless but they they have a long line of of champions of kentucky derby winners of 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 all of these winners that are in stormcat and that's the reason that it that you are, it costs so much and is so valuable because in stormcat is all of the victories combined In Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. He said, now he was a teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and couldn't in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Right? And everybody got excited, right? But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus has healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from the bonds of on the Sabbath? And he, when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Amen. For 18 years, this woman has been known as Hunchback, the crippled lady, right? You know, they're in town, they're, they're in the town of Culloden, they're in the town of Hurricane, and they say, you know, the hunchback lady over at Walmart. You know, the, the crippled lady. And they identify her by her condition. But when Jesus saw her, he looked at her and wasn't put off by her present condition. He looked at her and recognized her bloodline. 
And he went back, <laughs> he went back 1900 years in her genealogy and said that Jesus knew what was on the inside of her. She had an Esther in her bloodline. She had an Rahab in there too. She had a Deborah, right? In her background, they were all champions. And, and Jesus said that she being a daughter of Abraham deserves better than this, right? Because of her bloodline. When they got angry with Jesus healing on Sunday, he brings up her genealogy. He brings up her bloodline as a defense her being a daughter of Abraham. You might read that and think that she was somebody. Well, maybe she was somebody glorious. Maybe she was from a great family. But I submit to you today, she was a nobody. But she had a heritage. Come on, somebody. She had a, <laughs> she had a bloodline that traced her back to Abraham. And because she was of the bloodline of Abraham, the seed of Abraham, she was in covenant. And now she had more than what she had expected. And I'm saying today how many people living below their privileges and their ability because they do not know who they are. But I want to say today I know who I am. Jesus said you deserve better than this woman you're of the seed of Abraham you are you've got blood royal blood flowing through you you are somebody special you you deserve better than the pain you deserve better than the sickness and the despair and because of that you didn't know who you were but I've come today to announce that you are the daughter of Abraham and today you're going to get the victory hallelujah come on and give him praise this morning bloodline is important you've got to know who you are right judges chapter 6 and verse 7 through 13 we read of the story of Gideon and an angel of the Lord came and sat under the uh, tree which was in opera and which belongeth to Joash and while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O Lord, uh, if the Lord is with us, why then was, has all of this happened to us? And where are all of his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this, mighty, uh, in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And have I not set, uh, sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Right? You got to know who you are. You got to know your bloodline. Gideon is scared to death because they never knew who they were. 
They never walked in their potential. They said, he said, look, my generation, and, and I, I think that we can relate to this today if we're honest. Gideon says, I've heard my forefathers and my granddaddy and my daddy talk about the miracles. Huh? I've heard them talk about the mighty work of God and how God done wonderful things and how he has delivered them. But he says, where is that God? I haven't seen it. I don't know where it's at. I've never seen this miracle working power. And I would submit to you today that most in this generation have not seen the supernatural power of God. That have not seen the things that God has declared and maybe even our forefathers have told us about and, and we have yet to experience those things in our own life. And if, if we're honest, we could say sometimes, where, where is this God? It's quiet up in this church today. Where is this God? That does, opens blind eyes, well, that heals the crippled and, and sets the captive. Where is this God that does wonders and miracles? And, and we've heard about it, but where is it? And so we, we give in to the culture of the day. We give in to the status quo. We give in to the norm. And we learn how to come and go through religious rigors of religion. And we go through the process and we sing a few songs and we show up on church on Sunday and we go through the forms and the rituals and we live the best that we know how to live but never seeing the miraculous, never seeing the supernatural, never seeing the power of God. And we, we begin to wonder like Gideon who who are we? we? We feel like we're the least of the least. We feel like that we are just a part of this world going and it's going by so quickly and we have no power, we have no strength, we have no source. But I want you to know today that Gideon, he's, God sends an angel to Gideon and he said, you're not who you think you are. Amen. I recently heard a story this past week of a lady that was graduating from a college. I believe she was going through nursing school and she was graduating from college and, and in was, they was going through the practice. They called her name. And when they called her name, she didn't stand up. She didn't go forward. She knew she was next in line, but she didn't go forward because they called her something that she had never heard before. And they, she said, said to the director, that is not my name. And he says to her, oh honey, it is your name because we got it from your birth certificate. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying this woman has gone through life, graduated college, not knowing her own name. Come on, somebody. And there's a whole lot of folks going through life today not knowing who they are. Because somebody put a title on you. Somebody put a label on you. Somebody called you something, but that's not who you are. Who are you? You are who God says that you are. You're the redeemed. You're purchased by His blood. And He has got a name on you that says that you are victorious in all situations. If you believe it, give Him some praise today. Gideon's out behind the barn hiding because of the Midianites. 
Fear has gripped his heart and he is afraid to go on. He is afraid to show his face. He's afraid that the enemy will come and steal the wheat that he has worked so hard and labored so hard for. But the angel calls him out and says, it's time to come out of hiding. It's time for you to show your face. It's time for you to begin to be all, do all, and accomplish all that God has called for you to be. And in that moment, he realizes that who he is. He realizes that he's not just from a weak little tribe. Praise God. But he is from a bloodline of victorious winners. He is from a bloodline of champions. He has got royalty flowing. He is a sergeant. He is a militant man. And God calls him out of obscurity and brings him to the forefront for such a time as this. And I believe that God is raising up generals today. People that are scared. People that are hiding behind the barn people that are fearful in their hearts saying where are you God but God's about to show up he's about to reveal his power he's about to show you and this nation that he is God and God alone and his power is going to be revealed in this hour through you and through me hallelujah in order to do that we got to know who we are so we got to know who we are. Who are you? Look at your neighbor and ask him, who are you? Who are you? Some people would answer that by saying their name. Well, I'm Brian. No, that's just a label. That's not who you are. So who are you? Acts 17 and verse 28 tells us who we are. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own uh, poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Glory to God. That felt so good, I think I'll read it again. For we are also his offspring. Right? Say this with me. I am the offspring of God. Sons and daughters of God. Glory to God. Amen. I'm talking about the God who spoke to the darkness and commanded light to come forth. The one that spoke into chaos and caused the cosmos. The one that hung the stars on nothingness and said, stay there till I tell you to move. Amen. The one that caused dead things to come to life. That's who your bloodline is in. I said, that's where your bloodline comes from. That's what's in your past. That's what you've become from. And it may be that you've, you've got not gotten what you want or what you deserve because you don't know who you really are. You've allowed the labels of people to define you. <clears throat> huh? 
Well, I come from a long line of people who have cancer. I have a long line of people that my family is full of people that have depression and anxiety. I come from a long line of people who, who have all kinds of addictions and generational bad habits and addictions in there. And, and that's where I come from. No, no, you see, you aren't with any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. He is a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And now you're there. You are a spiritual. Your spiritual DNA has changed. You no longer have the DNA of Adam, but now you are in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Adam lost the battle, but Jesus won the battle. Adam was the first Adam, but Jesus was the last Adam. He wasn't the second Adam. He was the last Adam. And whenever we gave our hearts to Christ, old things passed away, all things become new. Our blood source now is the DNA of heaven. Glory to God. And He breathes into us, and we have a power today to overcome. You see, your Father spoke the world in to be. Your father hung the stars in the space. Amen. He paints every sunset. He designs every flower. Man made the, out of dust and breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. That's where you came from. That's where you came from. You see, today we got to know where we came from so we know what we can believe for. Amen. If you think all you come from is a bloodline of cancer, depression, suicide, addictions, then that's what you're going to believe that you can have. But when you understand that you had a blood change, a transfusion, <laughs> amen. Can't get nobody happy about it today. I'll preach to myself. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. I'm going to talk somebody in it before we leave. <laughs> Hebrews 11, verse 32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and uh, Samson and Japhath, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained, are you listening? obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, were made strong, became violent in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Where'd you come from? What'd your cousins do? For the time would fail me to tell you of these, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. That's where you came from. That's what your family's used to doing. Come on, somebody. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong and became violent in battle. 
turned the flight of the armies into the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured and, and not uh, anticip uh, expected, uh, anticipating deliverance. And they, th that they might obtain a better resurrection. Amen. This is your bloodline. If you are in Christ. This is your bloodline. This is what we as the church ought to be anticipating. Amen. Yes, there's going to be battles. Yes, there's going to be wars. You don't even have to watch the news to know that our nation is under a satanic attack of hell. But I want you to know that in the time of oppression, the church has always grown. In the time whenever the enemy came in and oppressed the, 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 the uh, children of Israel, they grew while they were in battle. They grew while they were hostage. And I'm here today to tell you that under this oppression that we are experiencing in the America there's about to be a shakening and an understanding that we're more than just what our forefathers have been but we have the blood of Jesus that has been applied to us we have the Zoe life of God on the inside of us and just like David our older brothers have gone and slew a lion and a bear amen took out a giant with a stone. If they've done that, that's what's in my bloodline. That's what you can anticipate out of me. Why? Because that same blood is flowing in my life. Hallelujah. We need to rise up today and know that greater is he that is in us than everything that has ever come against us. <laughs> I come from a long line of giant slayers I come from a long line of spiritual giants <laughs> come from a long line of hell slayers come from a long line of winners and overcomers and victorious people come from a long line of spirit filled fire baptized believers Amen. Come from a long line of sea splitters, blind eye openers, and dead raisers, and miracle workers. Who are you? And here we are sitting around in our cute little church. Hoping we can make it till next Sunday so we can hear another message. <laughs> and all the while we got a bloodline of champions on the inside of us. Wanting to be released. Wanting to show how we can run the derby. Show how we can run the race and win. Be victorious. That's what's on the inside of us. I'm almost done. Jason and Summer got to get on a plane. Galatians 3 and 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. Huh? How many? All. It's not gender. It's talking about relationship. Amen. 
For you are all sons, daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The same thing that Jesus told the religious people about the bent over woman. He comes and tells you and I that are bent over, that have problems, that have difficulty, that have been living with something maybe 18 years, that the reason that you might be in this condition is because you don't know who you are. But I just want you to know, he says, that if you are Christ, if you've been born again, if you've accepted him as your Savior and your Lord, then he said you're the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. The same thing that he promised. And, and you could go back to Deuteronomy 28 and, and you could see that there on those mountains, one of them would speak cursings, but the other would speak blessing, right? That you would be blessed in the city and you would be blessed in the field and you'd be blessed in your uprising and your downsetting. The, the, the fruit of your womb would be blessed. He, he pronounces these blessings and he says, you are a blessed people. I want to announce today in the midst of all the chaos and all of the confusion and all of the craziness today that we're not merely coming through this world trying to get somewhere and escape to heaven someday. You are the seed of Abraham. You're the son, the daughter of the Most High God. You've got royal blood flowing through your veins today and praise God because of that you don't have to wait for the pie in the sky. You can have the God here and now that can heal you that can deliver you that can give you hope that can give you a future that can put joy in your soul and cause your mourning to be turned to dancing and your sorrow to be turned to joy because you got a blood transfusion at Calvary's cross and you are the redeemed of the Lord hallelujah come on and praise him this morning royal blood is flowing through your veins amen not no, now, no longer is the blood of Abraham, but now it's the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Royal blood. Powerful blood. It's never lost its power. Amen. And that blood is flowing through you as a believer, a child of God, a believer. Have you ever took a stethoscope and listened to heartbeat? That was a heart murmur. Every time your heart beats, it's saying, champion, champion, champion. Champion. No matter what your circumstance is, Tina, it's saying champion. No matter what you're going through, it says champion. 
No matter how you're feeling in the present situation or circumstance, on the inside, you've got to know I'm a champion. I'm going to win. You've probably heard me say it before, but I, one of my favorite sayings is, I always win and I never lose. I always win and I never lose. Why? Because I refuse to quit. And as if I refuse to quit, I'm going to win. You may, you may be looking at me today and say, boy, I don't know. But just keep on watching, baby. Because I'm a champion. I'm coming out of this. I'm going on the other side. Why? How, do you, how can you be so confident? Because of past achievements. Anybody remember the horse? Go back and watch it again. He didn't, that blood, blood agent doesn't purchase a cult on its present situation. He bases it based upon past achievements. And the blood that I come through from Sister Connie has never lost a battle. The blood that I have today has always got victory and has never lost a battle. And it's still that powerful today. I said it's still that powerful today. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows into the lowest valley. It's the blood that gives me strength, not just on Sunday, but from day to day. And it's never lost its power. It's never lost its power. <laughs> Amen. Now you may be saying, well, I don't know. It, preacher, he just lost his mind. He wants to brag on his dogs and talk about horses. But I'm talking about more than dogs and horses. I'm talking about a royal bloodline that will give you victory every day of your life. But you got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. Stand with me today, please. I want you to turn one more time to your neighbor and ask him, who are you? Now I want you to boldly look back at them and tell them straight in their eyes, I'm a champion. I'm a champion. Glory to God. I'm a champion. I always win and I never lose. I don't give up. I don't quit. Because the blood of Jesus is for me and not against me. I've got victory. And I'm going to live in victory. Amen. And if you doubt it, just, if you doubt it, just look over my past history and look at all of my ancestors. Because I come from a long line of champions. <laughs> they win. They win. We're all winners. Glory to God. You may come today, you may be downbeaten and maybe having issues of your own and you may feel like that hunchback woman today and say, you know what, Pastor, it's a tough place, it's a difficult place, but I believe the word of the Lord and you just want to lean in on this word today. Maybe you just want to say yes over the word in your life. It doesn't matter to me. Just respond as you desire to today and let the word of the Lord ring true in your heart this morning. Amen. Is that all right? Okay, come on, let's sing, Amy. <laughs>